Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week we're joined by Steven, who I know from the DuckFeed.tv network, as I know a lot of my guests from. Since recording this, Steven has actually started his own podcast called Platformers, which you can find on iTunes and SoundCloud, so go check that out if you like this episode. In this episode, though, uh, we talk all about the Souls games, including our shared love of Bloodborne's music, including an interesting cut of music from um, a live performance of one of the Bloodborne themes, so be sure to check that out. As always, if you'd like to have your name on the show, send me a DM at DGUS Podcast on Twitter. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. completely done with dark souls 3 right oh yeah i've gotten all the endings and all that good stuff 100 percent chivos uh, i'm working on that now it looks like i'll actually be able to get this one done as opposed to dark souls 2 so man this looks way harder than dark souls 2 though everything would be fine in dark souls 2 if it wasn't for the no bonfire run and the no death run like, we, there's just no way I could possibly get through that game without dying. <laughs> I thought we talked about this in the Slack the other day. That's, yeah, those we aren't did. required for the uh, trophies, though. They changed that then, because that used to be, um, in vanilla, that was two of the achievements. Was it? I don't remember yep. that at all, man. Yep. I, I didn't get uh, I didn't Maybe get it changed the, in Scholar, but... Yeah, I didn't get the, all of the achievements in vanilla. Um, but I know for Scholar, I have the plat on PS4, and I didn't. I did, certainly didn't have to do any of that bullshit. <laughs> I'd be very upset if that's actually not the trophies, because I pretty much gave up on that. I wonder if that really is just for the rings. No, there's no ring... Yeah, there's no ring trophy for uh, hmm. Dark Souls 2. <laughs> Alrighty, well, uh, I gotta go. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> canceled. <laughs> do you have? Do, do you like? Is that one of the things you like to do? Is go through and like one hundred percent all of the uh, games? Cause I, I, I do that. So. I really hadn't um, super been into that until uh, mm-hmm. actually I listened. Uh, I got into like podcasts and uh, like more like into the, quote unquote the gaming community, which carries this awful tinge to it in recent years. Um, but I didn't really get into that until relatively recently. I mean, like within the last five, six years, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And I started listening to IGN's po- uh, PlayStation podcast, uh, Beyond, uh, back when Greg Miller and Colin were on it. And they always, you know, were going on about PlayStation trophies. And I had always been a PlayStation kid, so I was like, you know what, I never really paid attention to my trophies. And then I really, like, took a dive on it and... And so we're so far Bloodborne is the only one I've of the Soulsborne that I've actually platinumed, but I'm slowly but steadily working on the rest of the games. Demons is the other one I'm closest to, but the way that their Ugh, uh, God, resources <laughs> drop, it's really it's like the the Dark Moon Pure Stone or whatever whatever for the Enchanted Falchion, whatever the, that uh, Pure Stone oh, is. So, I can't. So get. not the Pure Blade Stone because the Pure Blade Stone is what everyone always complains about. But some of yeah, the I've, are I've actually gotten yeah. that one. Amazingly yeah. enough, I got I really lucked out on that one. Um, so. I just I just looked and, uh, for the vanilla version on 360. 
Mm-hmm. And the only ones I'm missing are uh, the sorceries, the miracles, the pyromancies, and the hexes. And this one secret achievement, which I think is probably defeating the ancient dragon, because I never did that yeah. on 360. Oh, that's another thing. I've never beaten that guy. He's so but easy actually, as a scholar. He's way oh, easier really? scholar. Oh, really? Yeah, they nerfed him down quite a bit. Oh, that's good to know. Do you still have to pretty much just like abuse his AI to beat him, though? No, I didn't have to. Um, to get him to just do that kick over and over that, again. Yeah, I had seen that strat, but um, I when I went in for PS4, I just I did it right at the end of the game, obviously, and I just went in and just managed to figure out like, okay, he's about to jump up and do the fire thing. I need to run away. It's quite a lot like fighting um, <clears throat> the Nameless King, actually. Well, I'm really good <laughs> a at lot that about... first phase of Nameless King, but mm-hmm. God help me once I get him off the dragon. Was Demons your first Souls game? Actually. Uh, well, e- yes. Technically speaking, yes. That was the first game in the series that I um, that I touched. Now, I went through to the Phalanx, and I finally beat that, and I, I spent something like 10 hours on 1-1. I mean, just beating my head against it. Because, you know, I'd never... Uh, actually, you know, I didn't know how to play the game yet. And so I was kind of just approaching it like I was playing God of War or something like that, where I was just kind of wildly attacking everything and obviously it's a terrible way to go about that um so i finally beat phalanx and i was like oh this is the greatest i feel so good (laughs) and then immediately uh, i mean after you know a half hour of trying to find the monumental i leveled up and all that stuff and then i went right back into one two because i'm like oh well obviously that's where i'd go next and i ran straight out into the bridge and died and went straight back to soul form and i didn't get the um the cling ring. So I went back down to 50% health and I'm like, well, this game is dumb. And I traded it back in. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I am, this is stupid. Don't Don't like this at all. (laughs) Yeah. That, that seems to be a, um, kind of a trend on this show. Um, it's of people starting up either demons or dark and then playing it for a little bit and then immediately putting it down again. (laughs) And it takes like something else to kick them back into the series. That's the weird thing is, like, I really enjoyed, like, because by the time I was doing the run-up to Phalanx, I started getting the rhythm of combat down. I'm like, this is really cool, the the play between, you know, uh, the shield and attacking and managing your stamina and rolling, and, and I was actually getting some parrying in there every once in a while. I'm like, this is really awesome. Like, the extension of my hands into the character in the game, I was like, this is, you know, it felt different than anything else I'd played before that. So Demon's Souls, like, I, I noticed that there was something a little uh, different about Demon's Souls, even though I'd bounced off of it, like, really quickly. Um, so when Dark Souls came up, because I actually picked up Demon's Souls when I saw the advertisements for Dark Souls. I'm like, well, this is kind of like a really cool dark fantasy thing. So I went back and touched Demon's Souls. I'm like, um, boo. And <laughs> I was like, maybe I like the new one. Um, and... Uh, and so I finally, I picked that up, and as I was picking it up, the, the guy who's working at the GameStop was like, uh, he's like, dude, this is so hard, you know, you know, what everybody said whenever you were trying to buy Dark Souls. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> he's like, no, but for real, it's hard. You might not like it. I'm like, well, don't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, wait. Are you trying to sell me a game or what? <laughs> so, um, and I got... Uh, and once again, I spent forever in the tutorial area. Like, I mean, an embarrassing amount of time, over an hour, 
in the Undead Asylum. Just kind of, and not because I was doing particularly bad, but just because I was poking around in everything because I didn't realize that this was just a tutorial area. So I was kind of just messing around with it. And then I also tried to kill the Asylum Demon with the Sword Hilt because I didn't notice the door opening. So I, you know, bashed my head against that over and over and over again. And uh, so I finally beat the Asylum Demon. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I got that rush again. You know, I was like, victory achieved, or you defeated, whatever it said. And uh, got the Lordran. And then immediately went into the cemetery and just bashed got, my face against the skeletons <laughs> over and over. And I'm like, well, maybe these games just aren't for me. And I traded that back in. I was like, man. But then I kept, then I got into, you know, a couple of years later, I got into podcasts and I, all of the gaming podcasts I listened to, every single one of them, someone, either one of the regular hosts or one of the guests would come on and then they would mention Dark Souls. And then it's, it's funny, you know, how um, Gary and Cole, they talk about uh, on Bonfireside Chat, they talk about how intri intriguing some of the names can be. And I kept hearing people talk about, you know, the Tomb of the Giants and, and uh, the archers and um, these primordial serpents. And I'm like, oh, this sounds so cool. Like, I want to I want to <laughs> yeah. see this stuff. What the hell is that? a primordial, primordial serpent? <laughs> and, and, like, just... and, like, one of the guys is talking about it is like, is one of them good? Is one of them not? I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so after a couple of years, I decided to go ahead, pick it up again. And... Um, and that's when I started to click with it for whatever reason. Um, I picked the master key and just not knowing that it was the thing to get, um, and kind of started making my way through, uh, the undead berg. And obviously, you know, I did the regular thing. I got the Drake sword and got invaded, didn't know what I was doing and wore the gargoyle helmet and, you know, all that natural stuff. And, uh, I rang the two bells and got to Sen's Fortress, and that was about the time that uh, the um, the ads for Dark Souls 2 really started picking up. And so I'm like, all right, well, you know, and, like, I I got to Sen's Fortress, and was just, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, there's no, there is, I can't imagine a world in which I could ever beat this. And uh, so I was like, well, you know, I'm going to take a break from this, but I'm definitely going to get Dark Souls 2 because I seem to get, better or uh, that or they're making the games easier as they go because <laughs> um, i'm making more progress in this one and i thought you know i was like three quarters of the way through dark souls one i had no idea that i had another half of the game left <laughs> at that <laughs> point in time um so and that the sense fortress is about as far as i got before dark souls 2 came out and then dark souls 2 came out and uh that's when i found bonfireside chat and that's pretty much when, you know, I just kind of dove headfirst into the series and I beat that game over and over and over and over again. So that was technically the first game that you beat. Technically, yes. Dark Souls 2 yeah. was the very first. I guess I said that in an awfully roundabout way. No, no, that's, that's yeah. fine. That's, 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 the whole conceit of the show is to tell your origin story. So it'd be, yeah. I'd be a pretty shitty host if I was like, well, I mean, just tell me exactly I mean, what I'm looking for. Just get to the point here. Come yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurry it up already. I've only got 10 minutes of recording time on my hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, so, um, did, after I guess finishing Dark Souls two over and over and over again, did you then go back and with your newfound skills and and try to get good, so to speak, at uh, demons in Dark um, One? I tried uh, going back to Dark Souls one, and I actually got um, 
I got through, I beat Seath, and then I got up to the Four Kings, and I could not beat them. I'm, and I was like, I was actually really surprised at how, you know, that standard thing, you know, you take forever to, it takes, you know, 50 hours to get to Anne Orlando the first time, and then, you know, you get there in five hours, your second playthrough, and, you know. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, cool, you know, I, I, I think I got this thing down, and then I hit the four kings, and I was just like, oh my god, like, how am I supposed to fight them? It was disorienting, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, this is terrible, and I just kind of gave up on it, you know, on that, and I was like, well, I'll just go back to Dark Souls 2, because that's the one I'm good at, and, you know, and I'd listened to the all of the seasons of Bonfire Side Chat up to that point, so I'd gone back, and I'd listened to the Dark Souls season, and the Demon Souls season, um, and, you know, I was like, man, that sure sounds cool, I guess I'll never see it, and <laughs> Um, and then Bloodborne, uh, got announced and I saw the very first, I saw the launch trailer for it Mm -hmm. and that is the only piece of media of that game I saw before playing it. Thankfully. That's a a good piece of media to see. Um, Yeah. I was just like, like the announcement happened at E3 and I'm like, like as soon as, you know, I I think, did they bring up from software's name first? Like I know the, they did. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed the, uh, the music. Uh, that started, um, like, you know, screen went black and, and then that vi- that real low cello started and if there's ever a way to my heart, it's a real ominous sounding cello. And, uh, and then from software's name came up and I was like, what? And I, <laughs> somehow I'd missed this whole rumor about beast souls and I missed the real crappy looking image that I saw later of a, of a dude with a gun going through a fog door and somehow I had missed that stuff. Oh man, I remember seeing that Project B stuff and just like freaking out and like okay, yeah, this is, everyone thought it was Demon Souls. It, yeah, yeah it, it, everyone thought it was Demon Souls too. Like, oh my god, this is gonna be crazy. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's like so I missed out on some of that hype. But in kind of looking back on it, the way my feelings for Dark Souls Two has evolved, I think it is all. I, I think I won just not knowing anything about that game. Um, because I knew everything there was to know about Dark Souls 2 before it came out. And it was a li- and as much as I love that game, it was a real bummer to get to the end of it and be like, oh, I kind of like saw each of these areas before playing the game just because of all the, you know, the footage. And I, um, I started working at GameStop before it came out. So, you know, I was getting all the, all the, the sweet inside info from my managers and stuff. Um... So yeah, when that music started and then From Software's name came up and then just the aesthetic and I was like, oh my god, what is this? This is going to be the greatest thing in the world. And and then... Uh, you talk about that piece of music. Have you um, have you seen that video going around of, um, I guess it's some Swedish company or maybe some Norwegian company that did it live with the chick singing and everything? What? Yeah. Oh, dude, you, man. I will, um, I will yeah. as soon as we get finished recording, I will send that to you. It will put chills great. on your arm. It's, oh, my it's, God. Um, it's insanely good, and I'll make sure to include it in the uh, show notes as well. That sounds great. He, I think really he, if, if you would like, if you like that whole thing, seeing it played live, and then there's a, actually like somebody singing along to it. That oh ugh, god, that sounds my, great. It makes me break out in goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, kind of me too. I haven't even heard it yet. <laughs> 
So obviously you're you're extremely excited about Bloodborne at this point. Like you were there for day for day one. Oh, absolutely. I had it pre-ordered, and like I said, I was on. Like I, there were a couple times where I got uh, probably a little too upset at people who were trying to talk to me about it. <laughs> like some of my friends, I'm just like, shut up, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to know anything. Like I will cut you right now. No. Um, but uh, like so, eventually, and then it came out. And I was like, yes, and, you know, I started playing through it, and, uh, and you know, I knew, like, I would caught screenshots, you know, like, of a werewolf. And I was like, oh, cool, like, you're going to fight, like, you get, like, top hats and guns and werewolves. And as much as, like, I know some people find that standoffish, like, there's, there's a small shameful part of me that liked the Hugh Jackman Van Helsing movie. That's fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it's like, entertainment. Oh, like, I mean, yeah. like, you like what you like. Like, Hollywood has a really really they really refine their ability to make stuff seem slick and cool so like yeah. there's no shame in liking the stuff that they put out i think like i, I mean if you enjoy honest, it you that enjoy van it, helsing yeah. movie's kind of lame but it's also like <laughs> to a 90s kid that's pretty cool yeah you know, i don't that, remember that movie at all so I, I mean it's, dude, it's not good it's really not but like watching i was like oh, like when it first came out i was super into it so like, i mean oh, you're man. talking to someone who is like unabashedly in love with the mcu like the marvel cinematic oh, okay universe. yeah I, right. I, i'm t- i'm totally all in on bad stuff so don't worry like, I, <laughs> like teenage jeremy was all into the crow <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like I was man. Like, oh yeah oh. yeah like oh man i remember trying yeah. to convince people that that movie was awesome yeah, we're trying to do that as well. It's funny, nobody yeah, would believe yeah. me then, and nobody would believe me now. Yeah, even <laughs> myself. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but anyway, like, you know, so I was like, I was digging, you know, the, the style of it the whole way, you know, all the way through, and it was slowly, as I was progressing through the game, it was slowly becoming, like, my favorite um, Halloween game, just because of, like, the weird twisty trees and like, you know, once you get to Hemwick and I was like, this is the best. I'm like, this is so cool. So I was already kind of riding high on it. And then ROM happened. And then, you know, turns out it's also the coolest Lovecraft game that was ever made. And that, that ROM turning point, we I've talked about it several times on the show and it's, there's a reason that like it's it's pro- I think it's still my Twitter background today, <laughs> like the moment mm, yeah, where like it the, is. the <laughs> blood moon descends and um, like that that whole section from start to finish after you kill Rom and you wake up and Yahargul is just and it's then, probably like, one of the, the best moments in video games for me. Yeah, not only like are you just faced with this blood red sky and you know there's amygdalas everywhere, which you don't even you know I didn't know that they were called that because I didn't find the Nightmare Frontier at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had no idea what those things were. I was like, what? And, um, and then the next portion of the game is essentially you having to sprint through a lot of really crazy looking crap. It was just like, it was absolutely the best thing that could have happened. Like the, that reveal is still, I mean, is there are some reveals in dark souls three that are really awesome for, if you're a dark souls fan, but like not knowing that that was going to be a Lovecraft game and then halfway through finding out that that's what that was, I was just like, oh my god, like, there's no way that this could actually be what it is. And then it was. was, Oh, it was the best. And then it just proceeded to get weirder and weirder. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, this is great. And for whatever reason, I missed, um, I missed the Upper Cathedral Ward, so I didn't find a Breedist or the Celestial Emissary. And I missed, um... Uh, Kanehurst on my first two playthroughs of the game. I missed both of those areas. 
That's not. I mean, that's not surprising at all. I missed. I missed. I think I missed both of those as well. Just especially Kanehurst is so. Yeah. I mean, you just. I like. Why would you ever go back? Yeah, <laughs> it like makes you, no you sense. have to find the secret path in the forest, and then realize you have to go back to Hemlick for some reason. What? And it's finding out that there were these two other places that I hadn't even seen. I was like, there's no way that those are real areas. You know, I was like, this is just, people are making stuff up. And then I went and I found it. I was like, oh my God, this, oh. And then I, my, uh, it, it was funny because, um, me and some friends, we were doing, we were just trying our hands at, at doing like a podcast thing and, over the course of that year, I realized that I only ever talked about Bloodborne and then Scholar of the First Sin came out <laughs> shortly after that. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, guys. I mean, what else is there? I don't know. You guys play other games? Your whole vocabulary became Souls. Yeah, kind of. At that point, that's when that was it for me. It was pretty much when Bloodborne happened. I was like, well, okay. I know what, if anybody ever asks me my favorite games, I, I can actually give them an answer now. What is it about, because um, you talked about Bloodborne, about like the, kind of the aesthetic drawing you in, and you know you kind of dig in some of the other stuff from the Souls games before it. Is it more of a mechanics thing, or is it more of a lore thing that draws you into the games? So the games in general, um, I think it's... the. It's funny because I was kind of picking up on both of them simultaneously as I was bouncing off of the games. Like I said, with Demon Souls, like I, I was noticing that there was something deeper there with the mechanics, like the way that, like the like I said, between the shield play and the stamina management, and then you know diving into magic and you know the, the diversity there it was, I could kind of tell that there was this really fun complexity there. While, and the lore stuff didn't really come up till I started listening to a Bonfire Side Chat, and um, I had always kind of like. You know, that, that feeling, like, uh, it kind of actually reminded me of, like, the first time I watched my older brothers play Final Fantasy VII and only catching bits and pieces of it and being like, whoa, there's, like, this whole vast universe out there that has infinite, you know, possibilities, and then it turns out that story's just almost kind of nonsense. <laughs> it's not very good. Um, you know, I hadn't I had never thought about it until you put it in those terms before, but... Um... When I was growing up, I was a real big X-Men fan, and I think you are too. Um, mm. And I remember being a kid and picking up comic books, and you know, I just was a kid in a rural area that had no like direct access to a comic book store. I was just picking yeah. up comics at the at the you know pharmacy or whatever, and mm-hmm. um, I would I would pick them up, and it was very apparent to me that there was a whole thing I was missing. Was, <laughs> I just couldn't exactly could not tell what it was, yeah. but like the X-Men universe is so huge that you would. I could tell I was missing stories and, and missing things yeah. from it, but like the fact that they were absent just drove me to want more. And I think I'd never really put that together before, but that's it kind of is a good analogy for souls as well. Like there's, it gives you just enough that you just want to know everything. Yeah, exactly. And then the, the bummer with that usually is that whenever you do find all the answers, you're like, well, all right, this is pretty cool. I guess like it turns out the story is actually, you know, just all right. <laughs> At least yeah, that, in my experience, that was most of the times what happened. But then I found, you know, through Bonfire Side Chat, I found Vadi's stuff. And the first video I watched of his was a uh, Solaire's video. And it just immediately just struck this, struck me in a way that a video game really hadn't at that point. Like the idea of that story and the fact that you had to put the story together 
together. You had to put it together for the most part yourself. Um, that's, I think when I realized that that is what these games were doing, that's what kind of drew me to want to play them over and over and over again to, you know, kept me coming back is the idea that there's, you know, a million different ways that a million different people can interpret something like this. And I was like, that is so fascinating to me that in a way that, I mean, I know that there's, you know, meta novels and, you know, nonlinear novels and uh, film that kind of plays with that idea. But the way that that happens in a video game is just so interesting to me and that it is, you are already engaging with the product. And so you, you have to be into it kind of in a way, but Mm -hmm. a lot of video games, as far as their story, you don't like, you can just skip cutscenes, and you're not really missing a whole lot. But with dark souls, it's like, okay, to get the story, I have to engage in this on the same level. I'm engaging mechanically in this. And I guess, so yeah, I guess the, the lore, I guess is what kind of keeps me bringing me back. Yeah. That's, and that was something like when demons and dark one came around that I don't, I know they did this to a certain degree in the previous games, like the sh- your Shadow Towers and your Kingsfields or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, those two games really cemented that kind of idea of item description-based storytelling that yeah. I, even now, like I don't think any other series or any other company has kind of done. Like You play Salt and Sanctuary, and you could, you could tell they, that's what they were going for, but for exactly. some reason it doesn't it doesn't quite work for Salt and Sanctuary. And I, yeah, like, I couldn't I, even put my finger on why, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was trying to do that with Salt and Sanctuary the first time I played through it, and I was just like, maybe it's just the stories they're telling with the descriptions or or something. I, I don't particularly know. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you any of the stories that they were trying to tell just because the lore itself didn't grab me, and I've heard people um, hold up Destiny uh, as doing that, which... <laughs> uh, uh, I I don't know about that. <laughs> um, a friend of the show and actually a guest on the show, uh, Brian Wade, bought me a copy of Destiny. Um, and because me and him, and this was before any kind of podcast stuff, but me and him mm. were always good friends. And he was like, "You should play Destiny with me." And I'm like, "Brian, you have garbage opinion on video games. I'm play <laughs> Destiny with you." Um, but it he, he eventually bought me one, and then I felt not obligated to play. But I was like, look, if he obviously cares about this game enough to like do the thing, then I will do the thing as well. Yeah. And uh, I spent several, I spent about a week getting to like the max level, and I really tried my best to understand what was going on in that game. And there is, I think uh, this is probably infamous now, but um, there's a line in that game where a character looks at you and says, I don't even have time to tell you yep. the things that I can't tell you or something to that extent. And I'm, I just, <laughs> I exactly my eyes rolled in my head about. so hard. I had to go get new glasses. Like it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was uh, like, it was like Bungie had out bungied their writing. Cause I was a fan of the halo story. I mean, it's, it's a pretty fun sci-fi story. And, you know, I actually read some of those books you know the the proper noun to make a thing cool kind of worked on me in halo but Mm -hmm. once we got to destiny i was like "Mm, okay this shooting's kind of fun yeah that was i was drawn in just yeah this well this isn't a destiny podcast but yeah Yeah, sorry i thought most of the game is like totally 100 percent okay but like i'm so glad that i was tagging along with brian and his buddies so that i didn't have to like try to get through all that stuff myself because i would have been bored shit is bad um but anywho so, uh, you obviously finished Bloodborne. Oh, yeah. 
And got the platinum in that. That's, got that's the platinum in that. Fought your way through the through the chalice dungeons. Yeah, and here's the weird thing. I went through the game. I I got through the game and I got through most of the chalices before the that season of Bonfire Side Chat really started in earnest. So mm-hmm. I was really excited to you know hear about how cool <laughs> chalice dungeons were and how awesome <laughs> Frenzy and Insight was. No, no, <laughs> that's not what happened. <laughs> like, oh, all right. I yeah, because you kind of fall on on my side of that argument where you. You're, you kind of even with all of the problems that they have, you still really really like the Chalice Dungeons. Yeah, I don't I don't fault people for not liking it. I can see why people don't like them, but I I still go through by myself. Like I don't I rarely co op in uh, Chalice Dungeons. I'll just run through them like I'm doing an Isaac run or something like that. Like they're just the mechanics of Bloodborne are like that fighting style is my favorite. So just moving around and swinging at things is that much fun to me that the chalice dungeons are absolutely perfect it feels really good and you know there's something that uh you know i need to talk to gary about this one day because he's all, always talking about you know player controlled difficulty in the souls games and i think the mm. chalice dungeons really did that very very well and that yeah, you especially could... with the the different offerings that you can exactly do. yeah, yeah like great. okay like these are too easy for me now so i'm gonna make my i'm gonna put myself at half health and i'm gonna give the enemies a health buff like that, yep. that kind of stuff is really interesting but yeah, I mean, it's still kind of you know not good. No, <laughs> like oh, I can no, it is. I can see why people don't when, like them. <laughs> unless I am talking to you know, like I guess just you. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. bring up the Chalice Dungeons when I'm talking about Bloodborne <laughs> because you know that's obviously not the kind of stuff that you know would appeal to most people. I would imagine, but it's like the same thing of like. Evil Within isn't that great of a game, but I really loved playing it. <laughs> like. Because, you know, I like horror games, so I I feel like that's the same kind of thing. Like, I really love the Souls games, so the Chalice Dungeons are the most pure form of killing stuff and Soulsborne, so give it to Yeah, me. it's, it's, and again, like, I, I kind of agree with you. I, well, I don't know if it's my favorite, uh, but it's, like, my favorite kind of fighting stuff and the mechanics mm-hmm. of it, but it feels so satisfying. Yeah. Like, just the dodge timing and... The weapons have a good weight to them, so when you hit something with like a big ass hammer, like you're hitting something with a big ass hammer, like you can feel that. And exactly, feels really, really good. I, I like that. And I, you can fix chalices really easily, and I w- wish they kind of would have, or they would be, they would go back to that. Well, kind of do point. like a scholar type kind of, or just even like it. revisit it in in Bloodborne too, if such a thing exists. Like, there, uh, there's no as much money as that game made. I don't foresee them not making because they've been very he's Miyazaki himself has been very specific in saying that there will be no more Dark Souls games yeah he's been incredibly specific to that so I really think that I think their next game will be a Bloodborne 2 yeah which I'm all in for oh god yes yeah I mean I'm just super excited about it uh because fuck you, Microsoft fan. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, Microsoft fans. Please, please, please listen, please subscribe, read leave me an iTunes review. <laughs> I'm desperate. Please. He's <laughs> enough uh, about Sony fanboys here. Blech. Absolutely. Yeah, we always talk about trophies on this podcast for some reason. I don't know how it gets around. Um, what? It, this episode is probably going to be coming out a little later. Um, yeah. I don't know the numbers, but I've got like a 10 or 11 of these by this point. So uh, in my mind, like spoilers are completely off the table. Like we can talk oh, about good. anything and everything. Um, so in, in Dark Souls 3, I guess first off, like what are your overall impressions of Dark Souls 3 as they compare to as it compares to the previous games? Um, 
I want to. I'm. I'm trying to personally stay away from like ranking the games. Like I can like. Obviously, Bloodborne is just my favorite in the series, but like as far as like you know, it goes Bloodborne one, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I just more two like doesn't exist. Like, you know, I don't like, want to. Yeah, I've <laughs> um, uh, I've very. I think I did it in the first couple of episodes, but I've I've tried very hard to not ask that. Like, what's your favorite Souls game? Like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> like, yeah, I like, think so I've done it on the show. So you know, if you're writing in right now, like I, I acknowledge it, but I've, I've been trying to fix it since then. But just more yeah. of kind of your general impressions when you booted the game um up. i think it is as far as the uh dark soul specific games i think it is mechanically absolutely unequivocally just like it might be the best like i mean as far as like the fighting in the dark souls uh specific games like the way your character moves and everything like that is just absolutely incredible now as far as the rest of the game, I'm actually still kind of trying to put my thoughts together on it. I mean, obviously, you know, we got to piece together the lore, and that's a real big part of my overall thoughts on each of the games is how does the lore stack up? Like, that's kind of, you know, the like I said before, the thing keeps me coming back. Like, that's what's going to keep me playing these games for years to come is the fact that the, the complicated and touching sides of these stories. And I still don't... Um, like there's one really awesome quest, and so you said that all spoilers are off, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Say oh, okay, anything cool. you want to. Mm-hmm. So, um, the uh, the Dark Lord quest is so freaking cool. Like the between that and the betrayal ending, or is it is it the betrayal ending on either way that you go with the Firekeeper? Yes. Okay. So you can do. I guess there's technically four endings. There's technically um, four, but there are only three. Um, there's really only official. three with the with an alt, basically. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the, the dark sigil ending is is absolutely amazing. That was oh my, my god. First, like that was, was my first like, ending. So. I like the idea. Like I, I think it's cool that in Dark Souls one that you can just are that you can you know if you want choose either ending and there you don't need to have sided with either serpent before that point. And that you can still, even if you didn't ever meet Kath, you can still decide to walk away from the flame for whatever reason. But I much more prefer this style where it's like, no, if you want to be the Dark Lord, you're going to have to follow. You're going to have to do some really, really messed up stuff. <laughs> yeah, you you're going to have to the end. And it's suck great. the life out of a pilgrim who's otherwise <laughs> fairly innocent. You're going to have to marry with you know quote unquote, unquote. <laughs> i was like this is gonna be weird i can't wait to see what a dark souls version of a marriage is and it's pretty much oh what God. i should have expected it to be <laughs> and that whole uh that whole plot line um i'd kind of seen it coming up to that point but by the time because by the time you get to uh, ithril like you start seeing stuff from an orlando on the walls like you see those those paintings that you see, see in that was one. that was a weird thing where like i was actually i'm like well okay i thought I thought we were thinking Hade was where um, Guinevere had run off to. Maybe this is where she ran off to. Like, officially, because, you know, you don't... Besides um, Ornstein in Dark Souls 2, you don't really see any specific references back to Anne Orlando um, in Hade. So I was thinking, oh, okay, this is where Guinevere went, I guess, like, for real. Mm-hmm. And then I also thought it... And I was also distracted by the snow, and I was like, oh, okay, this is also Ilium Lois, because snow Duh. <laughs> yeah also painted world because <laughs> snow <laughs> yeah exactly no i was like i was like so is ilium moist a painted world and like that's legit like the that kind of distracted me 
mm-hmm. from the ridiculous reveal that happens a little bit later into that area. But yeah, like I, I actually didn't see any. I don't know why, but I guess I was being willfully dense. I didn't see any of that stuff coming. I didn't see the the ritual coming. I didn't see you know. Well, I didn't. Um, in Orlando. I didn't. I didn't see the ritual thing happening. Um, like in, in the way that it unfolds with you, mm. uh, like literally stabbing, um, like your husband or wife through the face with the with the with the <laughs> avow, sword of a vowel, which <laughs> is not a good sword to have in your house if you're a married man. By the way, you don't want that laying around. Um, no, sounds like yeah, I, I didn't see, see that, that coming. You better start but, uh, getting a lawyer. Yeah, right. Um, I'm gonna send you a picture. I got like if you just keep talking to Yuria. She just straight up tells you that like you're gonna you're gonna go to Anorlando. Like it's ridiculous. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Like I'll oh, uh That would bum me a, out. I'm gonna paste a picture in chat. Um so you can take a look at it. Yeah. And the what you see in the picture is uh like because I in the middle of hitting Uria because I was trying to take a screenshot so fast I pulled my L two, so I was I was, didn't mean to attack her, but I did. <laughs> This yeah, she just like straight really up tells angry you that she said that. <laughs> I know, uh, but she just straight up tells you, like, yeah, we're you're huh. gonna get married, and you're gonna have to go to the Dark Moon tune in, in Orlando. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Like, I hadn't beaten Ithril yet when she told me this. Oh, so this was on your first playthrough. This was on my first playthrough. I did wow. the Dark Sigil ending and the uh, Sigward. I got all the Sigward stuff on my first playthrough, and then that fucked up almost impressive. all the rest. I don't know how I did it. Because uh, I had no idea that Sigward was in the game past that first point. Oh, really? You missed yeah. all of the rest of his stuff. Well, because I think it's like the second part, he's in a well or yeah, something. Yeah. Like, And like it was funny, actually, because I remember specifically seeing that well and remembering from Bloodborne, every time I saw a well, I wanted to look down in it and interact with it, and then nothing ever happened. So I saw that well in Dark Souls 3. I'm like, nah, they don't care. They just put wells around just because it looks cool <laughs> and walked right past it. <laughs> Yeah, I got help on the well, um, but like I got the, the 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 whole patches thing with patches and the onion armor. Um, I see. I didn't see that till after I played through the game, and I wish I had seen that because that would have made me laugh so hard. I was uh, I was in a party chat that. with with Brian Wade, who I mentioned earlier, and um, like I had to go or something, and then I came back and had reloaded my game, and he we were both in the same area, uh, but we weren't in each other's worlds. Like we were just kind of bullshitting on the mic, and like, mm-hmm. did you see this? Oh no, no, what, what about this? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had reloaded my game, and it was right there where you see him at. And I was like, hey, did you see Sigward? <laughs> <laughs> and then like he walked up, and he's like, wait a minute, what is this? And I'm like, right. And so like on the mic, and I've got this on YouTube, or like you can hear both of us go, what the fuck. <laughs> It's great. Did you notice whenever he talks that, like, I mean, because I guess you don't see patches before that point, so you wouldn't actually know that he's in the game. You can see patches before that point, which I, and I never have. Apparently, he, um, depending on how early you get up into the tower and Firelink, he'll do like mm-hmm. a thing with you up there and like trap see, that you that happened there. to me just before I, uh, I uh, went in to uh, kill the two princes. Okay, see, that's way later than I... Cause yeah. In my current <laughs> playthrough, like, Patches has totally disappeared, which is really a, really a bummer, because I'm invading a whole lot with this, and I want that, oh. like, squat gesture, because it's awesome. Yep, so, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Very frustrated with that. Also, the gestures in Dark Souls 3 are on point. This oh, is, man. They are what? so good. 
Yeah, it's they are like with the shout gestures and oh, that dude, scared it's... the crap out of me the first time someone did that because <laughs> I had summoned them <laughs> in and then they yelled at me. I was like, "What the hell? What? What like, is that?" <laughs> <laughs> but stretch out is probably stretch one out of my new. So good, it's so fucking good. And then just like I mean, all of them are are just so hilarious and weird and goofy. It's it's so fun. And now you can get them from NPC summons, which is great. Yeah, that really surprised me. And like, yeah. and you know, the crows, like, just like the crows are dropping you a gesture. Like, I don't even know how that works. Yeah, that was weird. It's like, I, I was kind of okay with how like Easter egg-ish the stuff, uh, I guess now that I say that out loud, that's kind of appropriate. The, that the stuff they give you is mm. like all I got. I, I don't know. Do they give you things besides just callbacks to previous games? Um, yeah, they, but like you can get a chunk. Like you can get oh, okay. one chunk. And then oh, that's right. Get, yeah, like, you can trade a black fire bomb. That's yeah, right. yeah. Like you can get some stuff like that, but nothing like. Yeah, because like the yeah, only stuff I really got from them was like the hello, I'm sorry carvings, and then yeah, Solar's yeah. armor. So I'm like, so this is just a, hey, remember when machine up here, which I'm totally Pretty much. okay with. I'm 100 yeah, yeah. on board with. I personally don't mind a lot of the, uh, um, fan service stuff. Like, I. Towards the end of the game, I was getting tired of it, and when Gwen's theme mm. kicks in during the final boss, I was like, "Ugh!" But that was mostly because really? I don't like the way that that track was arranged at all. Yeah. Well, when Gwen's I theme wish... kicks in, I, I thought that was terrible. I thought it was bad. Yeah, yeah. Listening to it on the CD, it is a real odd transition. I think what they're banking on is you not really paying attention because you're fighting, you know, uh, the Soul of Cinder, which is just ridiculous. Um, but like the, when you and, walk into that arena and you walk to that arena, like the whole thing is screaming Gwen. Like, oh, 100. I honestly, that's who I thought I was going to be fighting when I walked yeah. in. I'm like, does, oh, well, does, Gwen's going to stand up and I guess I'm going to fight him now. <laughs> it doesn't help that, um, for a while before Dark Souls 3 came out, like apparently I attracted some sort of weird stalker. I remember that. I was, yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> on one of your streams whenever that dude decided to comment that into the chat. I was like, very upset. <laughs> I was like, well, that guy was right. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, anyway, um, that, but yeah, when the music started playing, um, I just, like, I was, the Gwen's theme is so perfect and it's so simple mm. that like mm-hmm. when you hear it in Dark Souls One, you're just it. It's an inversion of everything that's happened in all of the boss fights before that. Like mm-hmm. you're not. It's not a big boombastic fight. It's somebody about the same size as you, which has never happened in Dark Souls One to that point. Like it's it's a very yeah. like it's this broken dude who doesn't even talk to you. Like there's there's some there's some pathos with it. Like there's some shit going on with that dude, and you know immediately because of the way the piano works. Yeah, and and this I thought it was just like, oh hey, you remember, dun, 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 like you know what I'm saying? It was like a, <laughs> it could have been like a dubstep remix for all the fucking that I gave to about it. <clears throat> so, oh god, was there any? Could there be anything worse than that? A dubstep remix in the middle of a fight? Blah, blah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh my man! Actually, I didn't even notice that that was his theme till I listened to the soundtrack uh, outside of the game. Oh, like, really? While fighting him, I just didn't notice it because uh, I had streamed the whole thing. So, which I don't know if I'll ever do that again for a first playthrough of a game. Like it was mm-hmm. fun, um, but at the same time, like I don't know if if I missed out on some things because I was just wanting to move along so it wouldn't be boring. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was one of the many things that I just didn't pick up on. I would um. Through. I remember you getting props from uh, Allison by proxy for uh, 
for your stream. She was watching a lot of things and she, she was telling me like, oh man, you know, Steven's like almost through the game. And I'm like, I'm barely, I just, <laughs> how is he, how is this possible? Um, I did, yeah, after, I after Bloodborne, I kind of just picked up, I just applied the speed running thing of like, well, I don't seem to be doing much damage to these guys. So I'm just going to run past them to the next bonfire, light it, die, and then respawn there. So I'll be fine. Yeah. I did a lot of hidden body <laughs> and spook and just running past enemies. So yeah, that looks that was, like a that's lot of fun. Much. I need to do that. It is, and mess with stuff. I just wouldn't recommend doing it because you're a sorcery build and you can't kill anything in the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, my sorcery run was just... That was not fun. I did not have fun with that. Which is, bums you, uh, me out because I love sorcery runs in the other games. I know, me too. Like I, In Dark Souls 2, I thought hexes were the coolest thing oh, ever. So the like, best. I was, I was, I was that uh, dirty sexer scum in those videos that were in Slack yeah. last night. Um... <laughs> Do you get into PvP at all? Like we've been kind of talking single player stuff. Do you do any, or have you done any in the past? I really didn't um, for a real long time. And I mean, like for most of the way through Bloodborne, I thought that the invasion mechanic um, was the absolute worst thing that they could have done to the games because I didn't like the idea of ruining other people's time mm-hmm. with the game. But then I started doing it. in bloodborne and because i think because not a lot of people invaded in bloodborne because it's so limited and the way that it works um but i think the way that in a way that helped because then people weren't expecting to be invaded like they just weren't ready for it whenever i came around the corner for some reason and i would just kind of you know and so i started doing like cosplays and like the forest i would dress up as like the forest watcher and kind of mess with people and like just started really having fun with it and then i wound up going back to Dark Souls 1, which, amazingly enough, on the PlayStation 3, Dark Souls 1 and Demon Souls still has kind of a PvP community going on, which is crazy to me. I've been able um, to invade on Dark Souls 1 and 360. Like, I, I usually... I I don't really talk about it a whole lot, but I, I boot it up probably once a week and try to do, like, some Orlando invasions just to... Yeah, I was I like in the painted it so world, actually, the day before Dark Souls 3 came out, just invading people and sending them, you know, happy Dark Souls 3 Eve messages. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, like recently, very recently, I've turned around on it uh, a lot and have been having a whole lot of fun with it. Like it is so much fun invading someone, then white branching and disguising yourself as a barrel to see how long it takes them to try and find you. I've, uh, I've been trolling people in the catacombs. That's what I started doing last night. Oh, I bet that's a lot of fun. What do you, uh, speaking of the catacombs real quick, those mm-hmm. skeleton balls are amazing are hilarious did you get in on any of our uh ball conversation from yesterday no i unfortunately work has been crazy i've been woefully uh uh, absent from slack recently but my god those Um, things are incredible so did you know that you could break them yeah you can uh uh i didn't know though like someone else brought it up in slack like a week ago or something like that. So, um, I was like, what? And... So, so last night I recorded with uh, Illusory Wall. And, um, mm. So he'll probably be the episode right before you, if timing works out. Uh, but he was telling me, like, there's a huge push in the community right now because you can you kill, like, the skeletons with the pointy hats, and then the next time the skeleballs hit the thing, it'll, they break open. And the first mm-hmm. one it just breaks open, and you get, like, an undead bone shard, so you can yeah. strengthen your Estus. No big deal. The second one has a crab in it. Yeah, there's a little crab in it. That's a little crab, buddy. <laughs> and he was telling me that this is like, just caught fire to the community as a whole, trying to figure really? out what the fuck to do with this crab. Because 
Oh, are they thinking two, it might be like a little pig thing? Like in Dark the pig Souls with the pickaxe. Yeah. Oh my god, wouldn't that be incredible if that's somewhere in there? So they figured out that um, number one, the crab doesn't take fall damage. So you can <laughs> um, you can get it to drop down, and then you can lead it into the smoldering lake. Oh my god! And, that's and right, apparently, and there are giant crabs there. And there's a giant crab that doesn't start out as hostile to you. So they're they're thinking that there might be something to that, and that like the whole time he's telling me this, and I'm I've been kind of not connected as much to the community as I usually am when these games come out. I've been doing mm. other stuff, so like just hearing this and thinking like of you know 150 people out there like just desperately trying to figure out this tiny crab situation. Just <laughs> I was like, yes, this is what Dark Souls is. Yeah, because so I mean, good. other than the than the pig in Dark Souls two, there wasn't really a thing in that game that was kind of like um oh god what were they called in dark souls one the things that would appear vagrants uh, v- yes exactly yeah vagrants um mm-hmm. i don't other than like you said the pig which for me got spoiled because of the guide um like there wasn't really any like weird super secret thing i don't think no not really like um th- this comes up a lot with dark souls one like it seems like Demon Souls started out very weird and very odd, and then they've slowly but surely. And I don't, I don't want to say this like it's a bad thing or like it's a mm-hmm. mainstreaming thing or like, you know, Pearl Jam started making top forty music bullshit. Like I don't want to come off as that, <laughs> but like, especially with the multiplayer and especially with the multiplayer mechanics, like they have gotten simplified and they've gotten a lot easier to understand. Like, yeah, which is I I ultimately think that's a good thing. Like the more people who can get in on dark souls three the more people i can fool with my uh mad spirit uh summon sign exactly it's <laughs> perfectly fine with me yeah invading as a mad spirit and um and then using the white ring when you show in when oh you show god the, the chaos that ensues in the multiplayer oh dark souls three is unreal like i've gone in as a mad spirit before and there was a red spirit to both uh whoever the host was was wearing the white ring so he looked like a summon (laughs) um and a blue phantom was in there at the same time and i'm like this is utterly ridiculous and i think they might have used a seed of the tree of giants i think because enemies were attacking me like crazy but i then again i was a mad phantom so i think they do that anyway well, see, I thought that too because the first couple of times I invaded, apparently they had used a seat of the giants. Because then I invaded several times after that, and like no problem at all. Like, I, oh, that, wow, no okay. enemies did. So yeah, it was kind of weird. So yeah, so it was just like utter insanity in the best possible way. It was so good, and that, that happens like like with the purple signs and with everything. Like they, they you can tell they want to make it chaotic, but I, I guess I was just saying like. They like they, you lose stuff like grave lording or like mm-hmm. rat yeah, where it just it kind of like it's so obscure and obtuse that it just it kind of just can't work. In theory, it sounds cool, but mechanically, yeah. it's just not going to work out. So, I'd like to see him return to some of that stuff, but that, if if they ever get the opportunity to do so, then. yeah, I wouldn't like. I kind of hope whatever their new IP is is kind of weird and small again. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever go back to something like that. Um because they are a business, and so, you know, they kind of, and they have grown, so they kind of have to pay people to do their job. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, it would be really cool to see them try their hand at a smaller project again and just make it real weird and bug nuts off the wall kind of mechanics like that. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see like just something smaller. Like I'd love to see a string of smaller games from them, just to see them like playing with ideas or whatever. And who knows? Like they probably may have already made these decisions, and like they're next year we're gonna get like the year of front games, and we're gonna get one on PS Plus per month. <laughs> like that could oh, already be God, happening. We, we have no idea. Don't get my hopes up. Oh, <laughs> that'd be great. Well, the funny thing is though, like I think, I mean, there's a there is a lot in Bloodborne and Dark Souls Three, but I think. They might be technically, I don't know about technically, but they feel kind of smaller than Dark Souls 2 was. Oh, absolutely. They feel much denser than that game, but I mean, like, the the amount of distance you're traversing and the amount of items in both of Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3, like, there are still not as many weapons in Dark Souls 3, I don't think, that were in Dark Souls 2. No, no. Which is, I think, is really good. I think that they might still be hitting that nice balance between making a big AAA game that, you know, is going to take tens of hours to beat while also just not, you know, this kind of just dump all of the, hey, here's like a bajillion and two straight swords that all look super different. Yeah, absolutely. And play exactly the same. Yeah, but they're <laughs> all their animations are the same, but they're kind of different. Yeah. I kind of uh, I was kind of surprised when I first started playing Dark Souls three. Um, I was so used to playing Bloodborne at that point that not having that trick weapon mechanic like it kind of bumped me out. Like I yeah, was, me too. I was kind of expecting to have more of a move set and more of a more more of a. I was expecting my weapons to have more abilities, I guess, than that Dark Souls three really delivers on. The weapon skills are kind of that, but with mm. the way that poises currently in the game as of this recording <laughs> i guess like so is it legitimately just turned off i haven't been yep. able to find a straight thing on this so it's it's just not on right now yeah they thought that um it was similar to dark souls 2 and that um poison really only affected you coming out of rolls or in fact mm. give or some weapons gave you hyper armor when some don't but no they've they've done some further testing and it seems to be just totally turned off Oh, that sucks. <laughs> the, I feel the, like that should be a relatively easy fix for them. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that'll break the game, but it's easy to mod. So I would imagine, like, <laughs> like the modders already put it in. Like that's it's apparently pretty easy to do. Uh, but who knows? Like, I've always I'm always kind of curious how that works as a software company because it's anything that I've run a software company in my past professionally, mm. and like it's anything that like you tell somebody it's like, Oh yeah, we can make that easy change. Then you walk back over to your development group and they're like, it's going to be 15 hours minimum. And like, I'm calculating like, well, my guys are $150 per hour. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I don't want to implement, implement poise. Fuck (laughs) them. Yeah. They're fine. They've been beating the game. They're fine. (laughs) Yeah. That's I mean. Fuck it. Game's been out four weeks. Fuck them all. Yeah. It's like, it's the dark souls of dark souls mechanics. You're fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, Um, I don't know because I, I mean, I know that like, like, the, I mean, I don't know exactly how it works, but I've heard tell just from different developers and stuff how, like, the weirdest thing, like, placing an object in a world can just affect so many things that you wouldn't ever think about that, you know, a lot of times it's just easier to kind of let those things ride, which is how you get, like, weirdo stuff, you know, like, like I, I think that's kind of what happened with this is way off topic, but Arkham Knight, like the ridiculous amounts of bugs and stuff that happened in that game, I think that was, I mean, I don't know, but it seemed like they were trying to fix it, and whenever they would fix it, some another fire would another start five somewhere things else. Would break. Yeah, yeah it's like, well, this isn't good. <laughs> I really felt bad for that group. Um, it, it played fine on PS4 where I played oh, it, but yeah, I, I remember hearing that, like... Um, some other company had t- was responsible for the PC port. Yeah, it was a and, third-party port, which yeah, is a real bummer. 
And I've I have done that in my in my past. Like, okay, really? here's this application, and now we want you to make this old 15 year old application run on this bright shiny new hardware and be accessible Ooh. from the web and be secure and like all of this stuff. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you start looking up like okay. formulas that were written like you know, 20 years ago and going like, and having to question every single step to the point you're like, why don't I just start from scratch? Why am I doing this? I could just yeah. rebuild Arkham Knight. <laughs> like it would be easier. <laughs> uh, but how are you going to get all the cool rain physics in, man? That's true. That's true. Got to have that Tesla effects or whatever they called it. Tress effects. Yeah. It does look anyway. pretty. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, we're hitting right at about an hour, which is where I like to uh, shut these down. Can you, uh, well, first off, thank you very much for spending time with me, talking with me. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me on, man. Um, this was this has been a lot of fun. The show, I think, is turning into just an excuse for me to talk Dark Souls to people for about an hour. And it having to be though, new like, every time. <laughs> yeah, like this is, those are my favorite conversations. Because as much as my other friends are into Dark Souls, they are not into Dark Souls like I am. So Yeah, yeah like I'm definitely that guy in my friend group. And by friend group, <laughs> yeah. I mean like people I know in real life that play Dark Souls, which is yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and my poor wife, who I've put the, I put the controller in her hand a few times. Um, oh, you've tried that? It, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It um, my wife isn't much of a gamer, mm-hmm. um, but she does play like video games. So, yeah. like she's got the platinum on Diablo three with me. Oh wow! Um, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, like cool. Yeah. So like she, she can she can hang if it's a game that she really likes, but mm-hmm. um. She doesn't particularly like 3D games very much because she gets kind of lost with the controls, like and just yeah. and also lost in the space. So, like putting her, putting her, putting a controller in her hand and you know turning her loose at the beginning of Bloodborne, like, <laughs> she actually did pretty well, like considering what I was expecting. But like, yeah, it's just it's too much on the controller. Like, um, she just doesn't. And at, at a certain point, she's like, I'm not having enough fun to want to learn how to do this. So, yeah, it's <laughs> like, she'd rather crazy just play a different like... game. I've I've tried that before, like getting you know past the, these horrible mistakes of trying to get past girlfriends into you know playing a video. I'm like, hey, you'll totally like this uh, Super Meat Boy. Try it. And, uh, <laughs> That's not a good idea. No, it was not. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it is really funny though. Like to kind of think how because I've you know I've grown up with a controller in my hand. It's not complicated to me, but to someone you know who doesn't really play that stuff on a regular basis like it's kind of crazy the things you're having to do as far as camera control and remembering you know okay i need to keep track of my stamina and my health and then also you know where am i swinging and what am i swinging and how am i swinging it yeah yeah and like what there's three bars on the screen at the top left that you need to take into account and that that, and that's not the enemy that you're that's killing you right now there's a whole (laughs) make sure you're on the right item slot like there's all of that stuff and now you're poisoned oh no (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the plague. <laughs> still Which my favorite. Still the best. <laughs> still my favorite status message. It's so good. <laughs> Anywhere. Um, so anyway, tell people uh, where they can find you on the internet, where where you live, and where you breathe on the internet. Uh, yeah, on the internet. I don't know if I want to tell them where I live, Jeremy. That'd be weird. On the um, internet, yeah. specifically on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, well, I've uh, recently started um, putting up some videos on YouTube, uh, various Let's Plays, and I'm going to try and start doing more, like, video essay kind of things on um, From Soft Junkie on YouTube. That's all one word. Um, and that's it. I mean, I have a Twitter, but I don't ever tweet things. I just follow people and lurk okay. effectively. So. Oh, and on uh, Twitch. You can subscribe to me on Twitch. 
uh, uh, at Tremonster, T-R-E-M-O-N-S-T-E-R. And both of those links will be in the show notes. And as always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. If you're interested in having your own soul story told on the podcast, send me an email at dguspodcast at gmail.com, or you can send me a DM or look me up on Twitter at dguspodcast. Thanks, and I appreciate you listening. <laughs>